Well, look, this is the last time that you're going to see me on stage, I think, for the day. And you're saying, what does that mean? That TJ's just leading the worship team for the rest of the service? No. Listen, we have uh, uh, an opportunity here because we are blessed at Discover Church with so many incredibly talented people that have giftings in all sorts of ways. So I'm going to allow uh, Mr. Frank Honus to be able to share a little bit about our uh, Defining Moments series. And I'm excited to hear what he's going to share. Come on, why don't you lift a hand with me all around the room? Don't you lift a hand? And let's just say this to the Lord. God, you are good. You're good all the time. You're worthy. You're present. You're absolutely here right now to meet with me. God, we thank you, Lord, for this time this morning, Father. We thank you that you have come to encounter us, that we have come to encounter you, Father. And so I just thank you, Lord. I pray your blessing over this space and this time. Lord, I ask that you would just literally have a collision. <laughs> That's the word on my heart right now, that you would have a collision with every heart in this room, that we would literally collide with your spirit, that we would have that much of an encounter and a meeting with you, Father, that we would literally leave here, God, wrecked by your spirit because of what you want to do in our lives. Father, you are so good to us, and we just thank you that you're present. We thank you for who you are, Father. We thank you for your grace this week. How many people have needed grace this week? I know I've needed grace. How many people have needed mercy this week? I thank you, God, for mercy this week. Father, I thank you, Lord, for confidence. How many people have needed confidence this week? I know I have. God literally has every single thing that you and I need to live a life that he's calling us to live. So Jesus, we ask that you would come this morning. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for all these beautiful people here in this room. And I ask that every heart and every mind and every eye and ear would be open to what you want to say. It's not the words of someone on the stage. It's the words of your spirit, God, that we want to hear this morning. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said with me. Amen and amen. Why don't you turn to somebody, give them a, a smack on the shoulder maybe, give them a kiss on the cheek. Give them something. Come on. Give them some kind of love. Yeah, right. We can. We got, we got good Jesus germs in this place this morning. We're binding COVID and we're welcoming Jesus germs, right? Come on. Well, good morning, beautiful people. It's wonderful to see you. It's really great to see everybody here so thankful and honored that we can um, that we can worship with you guys this morning. We can all assemble and gather. And uh, man, would you guys give it up for our worship team? Did they do amazing or what? I know I'm probably I'm probably a little biased. I might be a little biased, a little partial, but I, I just think they did amazing. Thank you, TJ and everybody. Just thank you for leading us into God's presence. Um, wow. How's everybody feeling? We okay? Everybody okay? We're good. Well, you guys look amazing. These lights are really bright. I'm getting more of an appreciation of what Curtis has to deal with each week. They're, like, really bright. So you guys should come up here sometime. It's really bright. Um, wow, what an honor to get to share and to get to kind of step in for a week here into the series, The Defining Moments, what we're sharing this week on these defining moments of Jesus' life. Like, some of the, like Jesus' life, his entirety of his life was important and amazing, and monumental, and, and, and crucial, but we're talking about some of the most defining 
special, important moments in the life of Jesus that we're kind of drawing out of Scripture and we're sharing with you guys. And these are actually, defi- should be defining moments in our lives too, amen? They should be moments that we're inviting God to, to move. The same experiences that Jesus walked through, we want those experiences for our lives. And so um, I, I'm, I'm excited to get to share. Um, so this morning what we're going to do um, I'm just going to pray a, a quick blessing on this morning and over your hearts for, for, for us just to come. Um, so close your eyes with me. Father, we just commit this word to you. We commit our hearts to you again. And God, we just thank you. We'll never stop giving you praise and thanks. And we thank you that you're here in this room this morning. Bless this time in Jesus' name again, 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 again. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, so this morning, what I want to do, guys, is I want to revisit a story that I think uh, many of us are, are very familiar with in the scripture and the life of Jesus, and I was really, really excited to get to study this passage again. So if you have your Bibles, your phones, your Bibles, your printed Bibles, your electronic devices, whatever you have, open it up now to, cha- uh, to Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. I'll turn with you. I've got to get there too. Matthew three thirteen, chapter 3 and verse 13. We're going to jump around in a couple places this morning, guys. Um, but I, like I said, I was so excited to get to revisit this passage again. It's a very familiar story in the life of Jesus, an experience in the life of Jesus um, that I know you've read about. But uh, as you're turning there and kind of getting comfortable and settled, um, what I want to talk to you about this morning are two things. I want to talk to you this morning about your greatest identity and your greatest fulfillment. Can you say that with me? Say identity. We sang about identity this morning. And say this with me, say fulfillment. I want to talk about our greatest identity and our greatest fulfillment. And I'm just going to cut to the chase. This might be about a two-minute sermon. Is that okay for everybody? That we might, I might just pray in a second because I'm getting ready to give you the whole idea of what I'm talking about. Your greatest identity is as a child of God. You are a child of God. Every single person in this room is a son or a daughter of Jesus. Right? That is the greatest identity. We all have different roles here, right? There are husbands here. There are fathers here. There's brothers here, right? They're, they're, we all have different roles, and those are very, very important. We know that. I, I, I love the fact that I get to be a dad. I love the fact that I get to be uh, a husband to this beautiful woman right here. I love it. Haley, you're beautiful, too. Uh, you're both beautiful. I'm, I'm talking about my wife, but, the, you know, so, so the, you know, you're all God's daughters and God's sons. You're beautiful people, but I am so thankful that one of the greatest roles that I get to play is that I get to be a husband to my wife, Tracy, that I get to be a dad to my son, Nathan and Addison, right? I get to, to work, right, for an often crazy, crazy busy plumbing and HVAC company, okay? I mean, plumbing and HVAC is absolutely crazy right now, but um, I, those are roles I play, but my greatest identity is as a son of God. It's as a son of God. So I want you to hear that today, that if you're tempted to say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just a husband, or I'm just, I'm just I'm, I am my job. I am what I do. No, you're more than that. You are a, a child of God, and that your greatest fulfillment should be in the person of Jesus. Your greatest fulfillment, my greatest fulfillment, and when I say the word fulfillment, you can su- supplement the word, if you want, satisfaction. Who am I greatly satisfied in today? It should be in the person of Jesus. So it should be in him. He is our satisfaction. He is our comfort. So that's what we're going to talk about. And I think, that, um, I think that Jesus knew these truths greater than all of us. And, and I, I think there's this incredibly, like I said, this defining moment in the scriptures here. So, so look with me to Matthew 
uh, chapter 3 and, and uh, verse 13 here. We're going to get ready and read it. So what's kind of happening here, just to give you a little background, is that Jesus has now come to John the Baptist, right? We're introduced to John the Baptist in the message about the coming Messiah, right? And in verse 13 here, we pick up the story where Jesus is actually coming to get baptized by John. And I know we've read that many, many times, but I want us to read verses 13 through 17 here. Read this with me. I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. It might be a little different, but remember, the Passion Translation is extra passionate. So um, I think you'll enjoy it. It says this, Then Jesus left Galilee to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But when he waded into the water, John resisted him, saying, Why are you doing this? I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me to be, bapt you come to, to be baptized by me? Jesus replied, it is only right to do all that God requires. Then John baptized Jesus. And, and as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of, he out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. And here's where it is, verse 17. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, shouted, saying this, This is my Son who I love. And my greatest delight is in him. This is my son who I love, and my greatest delight is in him. So Jesus is coming to John to be baptized, and John is saying, like, what in the world? You're supposed to be baptized. Why would you ask me to baptize you? It's like, put yourself in John's position. Imagine, imagine in, another, in, in a different situation here that God literally comes to you on Monday morning at your job. Okay, you're, you're at work. He walks in the door. He comes to you. He has a cut on his arm. He has an injury of some kind, and he says, I need you to heal me. I need you to address my wound. I'm, real, I'm cut here, and I need you to help me. And you're, and you're looking at him saying, uh, did you forget that, that you're God? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're Jesus, and you're asking me to put a Band-Aid on your arm? You know what I mean? You're the healer, right? You are the healer, and that's exactly kind of what Jesus was doing here. Jesus is coming to John saying, I want you to, I, I, you know, you need to baptize me, and John is floored, right? He's floored at what Jesus is asking him to do, and, 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 and it's amazing kind of seeing this. Can you imagine what it would feel like, what that actually would feel like? So, jo so John baptizes Jesus in this passage, and in verse 17, I want you just to highlight it again and read it again. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, this is my son, this is the son I love, and my greatest delight is in him. And so God the Father in this moment is reminding Jesus of what? His greatest identity. He's reminding him of his greatest identity, that he is God's son. I just want you to close your eyes for a second. And, and, and just in, in a quietness of this moment, I just want you to receive that, that you are, I, it, it, I can't help but to be redundant this morning, that you are a son and a daughter of God. Receive that as your identity this morning, because that is powerful just tell that to your, say that to yourself, that I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. That is who I am. And so I got to thinking about this idea of, of identity, right? I was kind of thinking about identity. I love what TJ was sharing this morning about identity. And I was thinking, like, what it, inside of your identity, I don't mean just physically, like biologically and your DNA and your genes and things like that. I mean, like, literally the identity that God gives us, the identity that we receive through Jesus. What's inside of that? What is contained, what's actually contained in our identity? And I think there's three things really quickly. There's, there's this, there's our position, there's our worth, and there's our authority. Our position, 
our worth, and our authority. And so it's like this. Our position is this, is that we are saved by what? The blood of Jesus Christ. God gave his life to us. He gave his son to over to us so that we could live with him for eternity, right? That's our position. Our worth is this, is that he loves you forever. He loves you and loves you. He values you. He created you, right? Just read Psalm 139, and you'll find out how much God loves you and how, how well he's created you. And, and we find our authority as well. So your identity is not just your name. Your identity is not just your name. It's your position, right? It's your worth, and it's your authority. And here's the reality. I think sometimes we don't get this, right? God has given us divine power. You are powerful. Every single one of us in this room are powerful. And you may sit back and not go, I don't think so. That's not me. I'm not really a power. No, God has given you divine power to do what? To break strongholds, to stand in victory in your life, to actually go against the powers of darkness and say, you know what? No, no, we're not going to allow this. Jesus is my God. He will break this authority, right? You have power. He's given you power in your identity. And so this is a moment that an incredibly defining moment in Jesus' life where he comes to be baptized, right? He comes to receive his identity, right, from God, right? God is affirming his identity. Um, I just want you to do this, and we're, we're like in, in preschool this morning a lot, right, or the preschool teacher's telling you to close your eyes. Close your eyes one more time with me because I want you to imagine this scenario, okay? Imagine this. I know you lost an hour of sleep, so don't go that far, okay? But, but, but close your eyes with me and imagine this. I want you to think about a time in your life where somebody recognized you. I want you to think about a time and a moment in your life where somebody actually, like, recognized you and how that made you feel. Somebody affirmed you. Somebody encouraged you. Somebody looked to you and said, you are awesome. I love you. Whether that be your dad or a teacher or a leader. Just, just a time where somebody actually recognized who you were, not what you could do, but who you were and how that made you feel. Maybe it was, like I said, maybe it's from a parent. Maybe it was from a teacher. But that, what an amazing feeling that is to be recognized by someone, right? You can open your eyes now. <laughs> to, be, to be affirmed by someone. We all love affirmation. We all love encouragement. And I love that's what we see here. And I think back, um, this, this kind of makes me think back to the garden, right? If you think back all the way to the garden in Genesis, what does it say in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 31? So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw all that he had made, and it was what? Very good. So there is a call all the way back to the garden of your worth and your value. And, and then we see here the Father coming down and affirming Jesus, right? What, what a powerful, let's read, let's keep going. Let's read the rest of the story. Look, uh, go, to, go to chapter 4 with me. Let's read verse, we're going to read uh, verses 1 through, we might pause here, verses 1 through 11. It says this, afterward, and I love this, stop right there, if you're in your Bible, highlight that word afterward. Afterward means this, means after. <laughs> it means right after Jesus was baptized by John, right after the Holy Spirit comes down and God affirms and says, this is my son who I am well pleased. Keep that in your mind, okay? This is my son, my delight is in him. Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. The Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the desert. He empowers other versions to say, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, is led into the desert 
right, to be tested. Right after he receives what? The affirmation over his identity, over who he is. The Holy Spirit says, okay, you've got your identity. You know who you are. I love you. I, my delight, my greatest delight is in you. You're my son. Now let's go to be tested. Right into the desert, right? Says this, and after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famished. Then the tempter came to entice him to provide food by doing a miracle. So he said to Jesus, how can you possibly, notice this here, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? Just, just order these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. He answered, this is what this, Jesus says, he answered, the scriptures say bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Let's pause right there. What does it say? Afterward, he's led right into the desert. It's amazing to me as we read this passage, guys. I don't know how many of you have ever read this and, and thought, man, that was a total setup by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is like set up. You know what I mean? It feels like the Holy Spirit's like just setting him up. Like what is he setting him up for? Well, he walks into the desert, and, and it seems like there are three kind of like, like a few conditions that are set here. And, and I want you, again, I'm, I'm all about imagination. I love imagination. I love us kind of picturing ourselves in the, in the feet of Jesus. So imagine yourself in this scenario with me, right? Jesus is what? He's lonely. It says right in Scripture, he was led into a what? A lonely desert. Jesus was alone. Jesus was, and, and guys, you can, you can resonate here, men. We can resonate. Jesus was hungry, okay? He was hungry, our daughter gets to the point where she's like hangry. So it might, he might have been like hangry, hangry, all right? So he was really hungry. Jesus is alone. Jesus is hungry, right? It says he was weak and famished. And here's the third thing. This is like the total setup here, right? The enemy comes to question his identity, to question his So imagine you're in a place, right? You're lonely. And, and we, maybe we've been here before. I know I've been here before, but you're lonely, you're hungry, and the attack on your identity begins, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? So this is like the perfect setup for Jesus to fail. This is like the perfect setup for Jesus to fall, to mess up, for the devil to say, oh, really, he's not really the son of God. He's not really God's actually son. You know what I mean? He's going to mess up. I can trick him, right? This temptation is too great for him. And again, it feels like this is the call back to where? The garden. I want you to think with me, back to the garden, right? To when what? The serpent actually questions Adam, he, or he questions Eve. He questions them both about not eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But I love what happens here because we, we all know the story, but let's, re, let's like pretend we've never heard it before. Jesus actually redoes, he, he, he does what, what Adam couldn't do, right? And, and oftentimes I think, and this is a whole other message, guys, but I think oftentimes temptation actually begins with a single question. And, and we won't go into that because it's a lot to go into that. But temptation actually begins with just a single question over your identity, over who you are, over your feelings and how you're doing. And it's just the enemy sneaking in, whispering in lies, right, questions into your ear, right? But we won't go there because we're, we're not talking necessarily about temptation this morning. But can, can you guys see how this, this first temptation really, really hits at the heart of Jesus' identity? I mean, really hits at the heart of his identity. And, and, and I want you just to remember, recall in your mind, that you are a son and a daughter of God. 
I hope, I, I hope by the time you leave this morning, it's hammered so into your heart and mind that you were like, he just wouldn't stop saying it. He wouldn't stop saying it because I don't ever want us to forget it. How powerful that really is to know that. No, I am not bought by the world. I am not property of this world. I am not a number. I am more than a name. I am God's son, and I am his daughter, and I have power and authority and worth and value. There's no, there's nothing, the, the enemy's not going to get into my life, right? I'm going to feel discouraged. We all get discouraged. We all get frustrated, but I'm not going to live there, right? Because I am a son and a daughter of God. And so the enemy's trying to come against him. And so uh, we are children of God. And, and I love this. I mentioned Psalm 139 earlier. I don't know if we have it up on the screen, but it says this. And so I won't read the whole Psalm, but man, let me tell you something. Psalm 139 is powerful. Look at this in verse 17 and 18. Every single moment, you are thinking of me. That's, that's God, by the way. He's thinking of you. <laughs> Every single moment. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. God cherishes you constantly in his every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. So I, I really feel like one of the defining moments of Jesus' life was his understanding that he was God's son. Not just in name, not just as we think about him in all the pictures we see in the, you know, in the churches and whatnot, the, the, you know, the, all the images of Jesus on the cross. He literally was God's son, and God delighted in him the same way, the same way he delights in you. The same way. His love for you, his, his adoration for you, his delight in you, you are a daughter and you are a son of God. You are beautiful in his sight. Don't ever question that. Or if you do question that, say, no, I'm going to stop questioning it because I know, I know what God's word says, right? God loves me. And if you don't, if you need some, we'll get 100 million discovered church people around you to just encourage you to let you know that you are loved and this is who you are. So we, so we talked about identity. So identity, let's talk a little bit about fulfillment, right? Because remember, your greatest identity is as a son and a daughter of God. Your greatest fulfillment should be in the person of Jesus. My greatest fulfillment, my greatest satisfaction, my greatest contentment should be in no other thing in this world but in Jesus alone. And this is an area that I've really struggled with in, in, the, in recent years is contentment, satisfaction, amen, right? Fulfillment, right? Knowing that Jesus is enough. Because how many, come on, let's be honest, we, we look to so many other things we look to so many other objects. and But how does Jesus answer here in verse, looks like it's uh, in verse 4 here. How does Jesus answer the enemy? This very first answer. Bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Right? The real temptation was not to turn a stone into bread. Right? The real temptation was to give up his power Right At that exact moment, he hadn't been given permission to give up his power yet. But Jesus saw within that lie, right? Because true life is not found in a piece of bread. It's not found in a loaf of bread, all right? It's found in God's words, right, which constantly go forth from his mouth. Jesus chooses to, to look at the bigger picture here. And um, <laughs> we need to remember this, that our ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment doesn't come from food. 
wow, that's, that might be sad for some of us because we really like food. I don't know about you, but I love food, okay? But our ultimate satisfaction doesn't come from food, right? It doesn't come from TV, right? It doesn't come from the couch, <laughs> even though that couch is really comfy sometimes, right? It comes from Jesus alone. It comes from what God says. It comes in obedience. And I love, one of the people I look to, one of the teachers and pastors I look to, his name is uh, uh, Pastor Bill Johnson from a church in in California, Bethel Church. He says this. He kind of paraphrases this verse like this. He says, I live because he talks. I live because he talks, right? I'm literally relying on his word. I'm relying on who he is. And God's word is where life was found. He goes on to say this, that in the natural it, it, this is so, this is so like, like, yeah, I get it. In the natural, you get hungry by not eating. But in the kingdom, you get hungry by eating. Right? And even when you are full of God, I don't know people, like I come here on Sunday mornings sometimes and throughout the week when I'm listening and just worshiping, listening to podcasts and just filling myself with God. And you know what that's doing? That's just making me hungrier and hungrier, and hungrier. It's like, well, aren't you ever going to get full? Yeah, I, I want to get full. I want to get full of who God is, but I'm still hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Like, how many people you've, like, you've ever eaten? Our son and our daughter, okay? Our, our son is seven. Our daughter is five. They eat everything. They are always hungry, always. We sit down and have dinner sometimes, and this is probably 50-50 maybe, but we sit down and have dinner, and they eat their dinner, like, within 30 seconds, and they're like, Daddy, I'm hungry. Can I have something else, please? Come on. Guys, you know, parents, you know this. You remember this. Your children are always hungry. I bet you Jason is always hungry. I bet that always happens. Come on. He's probably always in the fridge, but they're always hungry. They always want food. It's like, okay, all right, what else do you need? Can I have a cheese stick? Okay, we'll get you a cheese stick. Can I have a granola bar? We'll get you a granola bar, right? They're always hungry, but that's exactly the way it actually should be, right, in the kingdom. We should be eating and eating from what God has, his word, right? right, the encouragement from brothers and sisters when you come in here on Sunday mornings as we worship. I just feel like I fill up and fill up, and yet I get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. Sometimes they'll, they'll eat three bites of their food. Sometimes then they'll like, where's my, you know, what's dessert? What's for dessert? You know what I mean? They haven't eaten all their meal, but um, it's fun. It's fun being a, being a parent, right? So let me ask you this. I want to ask you a couple questions, and um, I want to ask you this. What role does God's word take in your life? I want you to think about that. What role does the Bible, does God's word take in your life? Is it life to you? Or does it actually just sit up on a shelf and collect dust? Right? And, and, I, and I fight this too at times, right, again, because we get so easily distracted by things. We get throughout the week, we get so easily distracted by things that don't fulfill and don't satisfy. Is it just a New Year's resolution for you? Oh, I'm going to start reading my Bible more this year. You know, I'm going to get in, then like two weeks in or 30 days in, you're like toast, and you're like, oh man, I messed that up again. And so what role does God's word take for your life? And then the second question is this, what do you look for for fulfillment in your life? And again, these are questions because I am not, I am not at a place that, like we're all together on this, okay, right? What, what do you look for for fulfillment? I can think about the things in my life that come up that I have to fight against, that I look to for satisfaction. I mean, think about it. What happens in your day? Is it that first cup of coffee? Is it the, uh, the game that, that's coming on at night? 
Is it, you know, is it that, is it that movie you've always wanted to watch? Is it that, is, are you checking out? You know, is it that checkout time? Are you trying to veg out? I mean, again, and none of those things inherently in themselves, none of those things are wrong. They're all great, right? They're all great. But is that where we find our fulfillment? Is that where we find our satisfaction? Is that where we find our wholeness? Do you find it in your phone? Do you find it in social media? Right, what is it? Where do you find your satisfaction, your fulfillment? What do you look for, okay? Because this is, what, this is the exact temptation that the devil, that Satan was trying to, to, to get Jesus to buy into. Oh, yeah, if you're hungry, just turn the stone into bread. You'll be fine. No, no, no. What you fail to see, devil, is that's not where true life is found. True life is found in what, you, what my Father in heaven has to say to me and, what he's, and how he nourishes me how he feeds me, how he sustains me, right? And I get that we all have needs, and we all have, obviously, we're, we're made of flesh and bone, and we're hungry, right? I, I'm hungry right now, you know what I mean? We're going to have lunch after church, you know? But, but it's like, she, my wife didn't know that, by the way, so <laughs> I think I'm going to have to buy her lunch. Um, so, but yeah, we're all, we all have needs, right? Human needs. But here's the, what's the real need? The real need is for the affirmation and love of the Father to come and to fill us, to fill us. And so, uh, Jesus goes on to be tempted two more times, as we all know in the story, right? The devil tempts him and tempts him with his identity, right? Satan goes on to tempt him um, to jump from the highest point in the temple, tells him to kneel down and worship him, right? And both times Jesus says, Psh, I'm paraphrasing. This is the Frank paraphrase. Psh, get out of here, devil. You know what I mean? Because it's in God's word, right? He wouldn't allow him to, to uh, he, he wouldn't compromise his identity. And so both times Jesus resists the temptations by doing what? He quotes the word. He quotes the Bible, right? So, so where should we land on all this? TJ, why don't you come up? I think he just went to the back. TJ, come on up here and we're going to worship. It's like, oh man, don't leave me dry here hanging. Okay. So yeah, come on up, man. So where should we land on all this, right? Again, your greatest identity is that you are a child of God. And your greatest fulfillment should be in the person of Jesus because he offers you so much life. And it may not be a super, super heavy, like, convicting message this morning, but I feel like as in 2021, this is a really relevant message, right? I think this is a really, out of the season that we've come out of, right, and we're kind of still walking in, that I feel like these truths right now, especially for the church, Especially for us, as, you know, for those of us who call, us, call ourselves Christians, that we love Jesus, that we're following Jesus. Fulfillment and identity. Satisfaction and identity. Do you know where it's at? Do you know where it's at this morning? Do you have an anchor on it? Do you have an anchor on it? Because Jesus in the wilderness showed us what identity looks like. He showed us what contentment, what satisfaction what fulfillment looked like. It's important we, that we understand this too, guys, that, that identity, our identity in Christ and our fulfillment in Him, they're intertwined. We can't have one without the other. I really believe that. We, we can't claim to be sons and daughters of God and then to be content, fulfilled in something else. And conversely, we can't, you know, we, we can't find our satisfaction and our, our wholeness and our, our, you know, our love in Jesus and not know who we are. And so our goal, and again, it's not a, you know, this isn't preaching, conviction kind of thing. This is our goal. This is my goal. All of us. I want all of us in this room 
to make these our goals, that we will know who we are and we will know our satisfaction and our love this morning in Jesus. And so you might be struggling this morning. Maybe you, maybe you hadn't really thought about it, but you might be struggling in, in the area of identity this morning and really who you are and who God has called you to be. Um, you know, we might call ourselves Christians, and maybe you don't. I'm not sure where everybody's at this morning, but you don't really have a firm understanding of who you are, of how valuable and how worthy you are. And, and that could be from a, from a past experience. It could be from a betrayal. It could be from something that really hurt you. Or it could be just from a, an issue of confidence. Look, I really believe with all my heart that the church, I really believe the church and the followers of Jesus should be the most confident people in the world. And I'm not, I'm not, I didn't say arrogant. I didn't say prideful. I said, I feel like we should be the most confident people in the world. We should not have this thing on our backs that, oh, no, I'm not, you know, I'm just never going to make it. I'm just not good enough. And, and this person said this about me. And I get those things are real, but we should not live there. God doesn't want you to live there. He doesn't want you to live there. You are powerful. Remember we said, you're, you have authority. You have worth. You have value. Or maybe this morning it's just the fact of, you know what? <laughs> God loves me, and he is my complete and total satisfaction, right? He is the one that butters my bread, okay? He really is. Like, he, his, my total, I don't know why I said that, but I'm just saying he is the complete, that's the only, that's the only, at that moment, I'm being real. I, that was Holy Spirit, I think, actually. All right, that's the only way I could just convey that, that God is our complete everything. He is everything to me. He is my total satisfaction. I know that'll be on the Facebook page this week or something. Somebody else, I don't know. It's okay. You can just tell Holy Spirit he said that, okay? All right, so, so what is it this week? Is it, is it any area of your identity? Do you not know who you are? Just do this with me. Would you close your eyes? Just close your eyes with me. And, and, I, and I, really, I really feel like this is a moment right here that we can have some breakthrough. I really believe this is a moment right here where we can enter into a new place that you've never been before. That the reality is this, your true identity lies in Jesus. And he is the only one who can truly satisfy you. God, give us that conviction this morning that our worth and our value and our position is found only, only in you, Jesus. Only in you. And God, we will look to no other thing to satisfy us the way you do. No other thing. No other thing. I wanted to share one last thing with you guys before we pray. And I even, I called, I called TG up here, but, but I, I want to share a, just a, a real quick video clip with you guys, if it's working, Amy, I'm not sure if it's working or not, or if it'll work, it'll work. Okay, look, I, I want to share just a real brief clip with you guys, a video. Okay, I don't know how many people here have ever watched the TV series, it's been out for about a year or so, called The Chosen. Okay, but let me tell you something. <laughs> this is a powerful, powerful series on the life of uh, the disciples and the people that follow Jesus, and Jesus himself, obviously, but the people that God called to follow him. If you haven't watched this show, I want to encourage you to go like, Google it when you get home. Google The Chosen. 
It is so good. And, and, and here's why I want to share this with you is because I want to share with you a clip. This is going to be just a real brief clip on, on, on Mary Magdalene, right? And we know the story of Mary Magdalene, a, a woman who was, the, the, the Bible tells us or suggests that she was actually demon-possessed, possessed by demons, oppressed, most likely had an incredibly, incredibly difficult life, an outcast, right? Someone who struggled with intense pain. I mean intense pain. And I love, this is an incredible clip where uh, she is, she's coming to a crossroads in her life. And I'll just say this and I'll let you watch it. She meets someone very special, very special. So who got that ready? Would you play that? So um, I probably watched that clip about four or five times and I lose it. I lose it every time because that's what he did for me. I met someone who restored my identity, that when I was lost to myself, lost to who I was, I had no idea who I was. I just saw who, I saw my behavior. I saw what I was doing. I saw who I thought people thought I was, uh, who, what people thought I would be. I lost my satisfaction, my, my fulfillment, my satisfaction wasn't in him. And I see, I, why do I share that clip with you? Because we meet a woman here who was totally lost to herself, that she didn't know who she was anymore. That I'm just this person who, who has these demons inside, these, these dar this darkness inside of me, this oppression, right? I hurt people, right? And, and I love the point in there. You just got to watch the whole episode because it's just amazing. Jesus comes and he just puts his hand on her. He says, no, 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 that's not for you. That's not for you. And he wasn't saying... That, that that's not for you, you can't have that. He's saying, that's not meant for your fulfillment. That's not meant for your wholeness and your healing and your satisfaction. And I love how Jesus does what? Does he leave her? No, he actually pursues her. He doesn't just let her run away. Did he ever let us run away? No, he pursues us, right? And I love how he literally speaks the word over her. And you'll have to see it right from the very beginning of the episode when she's a little girl. Her father brings the word out from the words of Isaiah. Says, oh, no, no, when she's afraid at night, when she's afraid, she wakes up, has bad dreams. He says, no, no, let's, what does the, the prophet Isaiah have to say? Let's say, let's pray his words. And this is what he says, Isaiah 43, 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he created you and he created me. Jacob, he who formed you. Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And, and I just, I don't know if you have a course you can lead us through, TJ, just, just for a minute here or so. But I just feel such a, a weightiness on this moment right now that God just wants to really implant something in some of us, just, or, or even just remind you this morning how valuable you are how he knows you how he's walking with you right now through whatever you're walking through and I feel like he wants to speak that into our lives I feel like Jesus wants to come and remind us of our worth and our value and our position right so would you just stand with me all around the room we're going to pray in a second but I just want us to spend a minute or two just in, 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 some in time of work yeah worship team come on up I'm sorry I want us to worship Jesus and I just want, I want us this morning to call his, 
to call him, to, to, to invite him back into our hearts again. God, if I'm forgetting in this place right now who I am, remind me who I am, Jesus. Remind me of my identity. Remind me that I am a beautiful, handsome son, a beautiful daughter of God. Because I don't know if you see it, but I'm looking around here and I see a beautiful, I see beautiful children of God in this room, sons and daughters, beautiful, beautiful children of God. And God, remind me this morning that my satisfaction and my wholeness and my fulfillment, it's only in you. I'm going to look to no other thing in this world. You are where my satisfaction is. So would you guys just lead us in something, TJ? Just lead us in something. And we're going to pray, guys. Make this a time. Make this an altar right now for you just to come to the Father and say, God, I want to be who you're calling me to be right now. I want to be. And then we're going to pray together. Come on, let's worship.